This is Contractor Sense with Ruth King. Welcome to Contractor Sense, where you discover ideas, tactics, news, and information that matters to your contracting business and you. I'm your host, Ruth King. This episode is sponsored by Profitability Movement. Google profitability-movement to join this community of business owners focused on building profit, increasing wealth, and giving back. Thank you for joining us. Here's how we will help your business and you today. Happy Labor Day. Today, we celebrate our labor forces, our team members who generate the billable hours and revenues for our companies, and our team members who support the field labor in taking care of our customers. Over the past 35 plus years, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly as it relates to employees and culture. The great companies with great cultures attract people to work at their companies like flies are attracted to honey, and they get to be picky about who they choose. Today, I'll give you five ways to build a company culture that people want to join and stay at for life. So let's get started. First and foremost, and this is really easy to do, it's to say thank you. You know, we all get so caught up in the day-to-day, you know, running of our business and doing our jobs and doing the processes and doing the procedures with our heads down and focused on building a profitable business that sometimes we forget to say thank you. And the reality is, is that those two little words go a long way to have your team members feel appreciated. You know, you can say it, your managers can say it, everybody can say thank you. Catch them doing something right. And that's the really cool part about it because they're not going to expect, hey, I really appreciate how you took care of Mrs. Jones or, hey, I really appreciate how you helped, you know, John when he was struggling with figuring out what was going on with company A, B, and C system. I mean, thank yous take, you know, 10 seconds, maybe. And they make the team member and your employee feel good, but they also make you feel good. So I know we're really and truly focused on, you know, the business and everything else like that, but stop for a minute, smell the roses and say thank you to the team members who work with you. They'll appreciate it. You'll feel better and everybody wins, including the customer in that particular case. All right. So that is an overview, and, and there's some really interesting ways to say thank you that I've seen. We're just about out of summer, and we're in a situation where we're going to start, or should be planning for fall if you haven't already planned for fall. And it's time to say a huge thank you to your employees for you know working crazy hours during the summer. And sometimes I've seen it through barbecues. I've seen it through you know, barbecues at lunch, like you, you have a barbecue on Friday at lunchtime, everybody comes in and they get the rest of the afternoon off. I've seen it as thank you notes and paychecks. I've seen it as thank yous to the spouses and significant others. You know, with a, with a line and a letter sent to them that basically says, look, we appreciate the name of your team member um, working so hard this summer. We realize it was a burden on you because he wasn't his home to spend enough as much time with your family and you. I want you to know that our customers really and truly appreciate it, as do I. So thank you very much. Sending that note to a spouse or significant other really prevents this from happening. When your team members had a really rotten day, 
and someone goes, I feel like quitting or I'm just done. The spouse is like, okay, you had a bad day. This is a really great company to work for. They thank you and they, they appreciate you. Suck it up. Now, they may not say it exactly like that, but that's what they're thinking rather than, oh, honey, why don't you just find another job? All right. Two very different reactions to somebody coming home after a bad day. It's much better for the spouse to say, yeah, we really appreciate you and look at it from that perspective. All right, so that's number one, saying thank you. Number two, <clears throat> everybody knows how their work impacts the customer in a positive way. You know, there might be somebody you know, in the field, obviously, it's pretty easy to, to, to do that and, and say that simply because the field personnel generate the revenues, they take care of the customers, they see the customers on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, they know whether they've done a good job with the customer and when they haven't done a good job with the customer. So that's easy. But what about the person in accounting? What about the dispatcher? Dispatcher is also pretty easy because they can take care of the customer's needs and get the customer calmed down if necessary and scheduling the calls. But you know, what about somebody in marketing? What about somebody who's answering the phone? What about somebody who's in accounting? How do they positively impact the customer? Well, you know, the accounting piece of it, quite frankly, is pretty easy also. Assuming your accounting and your bookkeeping is done accurately, the customer um, bills are, are entered accurately, and there's never a question about whether somebody owes money or not owes money. And so even though the customers don't see the bookkeeper, they can actually know that their needs are taken care of and they're not going to get a surprise bill or something else like that. So, you know, from a booking keeping perspective, we can look at it from customer perspective that way, but we can also look at it that the bookkeeper is tracking how well all the other employees are taking care of the customers. They're the ones who are creating accurate financial statements for you to review. They're the ones who are, are a lot of times calculating the KPIs and they're the ones who are letting you know whether profitability is increasing or profitability is decreasing. So everybody should know how their work impacts the customer in a positive way. Everybody should feel good that they are taking care of the customer in the way that they do their jobs. Everybody should also know as a corollary to that, what it takes to be profitable, how their job impacts profitability. And over the years, I've talked about Ruth's rules, and we talk about it from a standpoint of if a bookkeeper has a salary of, let's say, $40,000, and the additional uh, FICA, Medicare, whatever else it is, um, workers' comp, health insurance, whatever is another $10,000, let us say it's $50,000, and your gross margin is, 50, is let's say, 40%, then she has to generate $250,000 just to break even on her salary. That's Ruth's rule number two. So from she understands that, you know, yeah, my salary is important. The company has to generate $250,000 to pay me. So what can I do to increase the profitability in my productivity to, to keep it there or potentially decrease it? And your employees should be thinking along those lines. Um, and it actually goes towards number five, which I will talk about, you know, last after the break. So first two, say thank you. 
Second one, everybody knows how their work impacts the customer in a positive way. And we get when we get back from break, I'll give you the last three. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. We'll be right back. Do you ever have warranty leak issues? One of Ruth King's clients did about four years ago. Thousands of dollars in expense and unhappy customers. She solved this problem for him though. How? With a leak letter that every customer must sign when a service technician discovers a refrigerant leak. Once they implemented the letter, there were no more warranty leak headaches. No warranty leak callbacks. Happier customers. The surprising result was more replacement sales too. To get a copy of the leak letter for free, just send Ruth an email at ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. That's ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. Before the break, I gave you the first two ways to have a really phenomenal company culture. And they are to always say thank you and that everybody knows their work, excuse me, how their work impacts the customer in a positive way and the amount of revenue that it's going to take to pay them. So, you know, they impact profitability and, and they need to understand that the company has to be profitable and take care of the customer's issues, needs, wants profitably, or they will not, the company will not be there. So profit is not a bad word. Right? So number three is to give back to the community. Right? Most of you do this and it's really fun to do. It doesn't always have to be money. Yes, money is appreciated by the nonprofits in your area, but what if you had a contest and gave out $1,000 to the winner, $250 to the third place, and $500 to the, to the second place of all the people who vote for their nonprofits during a particular time period? Now, Dave Squires talked about this in a podcast in June, and they use this very successfully to help the company get exposure in the community, number one. But number two, do some really, really good things for some local nonprofits. And you could probably do the same thing. They have it all done in the databases and everything else like that. So um, if you go to online access and Google that, you'll be able to find out what they're doing there. Think about it though. That's doing something really good for the community, but it's also really doing something good for your company. Because as these people go to the, your website to vote for their favorite charity, which they can see the votes on a, a live basis, you're also finding out about your company. Yeah, all right. So there's, there's two birds are killed with one stone here. And I don't mean it from a negative perspective. I mean it from a very positive perspective. So you're doing something really cool for the community. And I think the, the ones that we've done actually with some of my clients are, are about you know, a local animal shelter, a local, um, you know, soup kitchen type thing, a local, you know, local things, not the national uh, nonprofits who couldn't, you know, a thousand dollars basically is not even a drop in their bucket. These are local charities who a thousand dollars would impact or $500 would impact or $250 would impact. And you can sweeten the pot at the end by putting $25 coupons, you know, in emails to everybody who voted and say, thank you, you know, we're going to give you $25 off and an additional $25 to the charity you voted for um, when you use this coupon. So you win again. So there's lots of things to take community involvement and merge that with things that will help 
those particular nonprofits and also help generate revenues for you also. But giving back is, is part of what we do. I mean, it's the thank yous. You know, we do really well, share the wealth. You know, my, my mantra is get and stay profitable, build wealth and give back. You know, and I, my giving back is very much focused on reading and very much focused on business. You know, I do a lot with Kiva. I do a lot with um, Best the Bus, which is a really cool way. There's a bus that comes and the kids get to go pick out the book that they want to read, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then the bus goes away. So these kids have a library book, which a lot of them have not. I do room to read, you know, and, and there's lots of things that I do that I just, you know, I don't tell the world about as a general rule, but I focus what I do on the things that are important to business owners and to reading, because those are two of my loves. And I want to share the, you know, the wealth and the ability for others to get books and read as well as start businesses in areas that are, you know, third world countries and stuff like that. So number three is giving back to the community. Number four is to communicate frequently where the company is going. One of the best things you can do is let everybody know, okay, and, and get them involved in setting the goals for the year and letting them know where you are with respect to achieving those goals every year. It might be a quarterly meeting with everybody. You might put a note in paychecks, um, in their pay stubs or you know, that type of thing. But let everybody know the good and the bad. Um, there was a point in time when it's actually the 2002, 2008, 2009, when the economy was in a bad shape at that point, where the owner of a company basically went to them and said, hey, we're heading for a recession. What do you think we should do to keep our profits up and keep helping our customers? And there were 72 heads. It wasn't only the owner, it wasn't only the owners and the managers, but everybody had ideas and suggestions, which they implemented, most of them. And guess what? They chose not to participate and didn't participate in the in the recession that actually was 2008 and 2009. So the thing is, when you communicate the good and the bad and get suggestions from everybody and implement those suggestions, then you're in a situation where you'll be able to achieve your goals. They'll be able to achieve their goals. Customers will be able to achieve their goals and everybody wins. Now, number five can be somewhat controversial for you all, but I promise you in the companies that do this, have they have phenomenal cultures and the employees want to stick around. So I suggest at the end of every year that you distribute a piece of the profit. And everybody at the beginning of the year knows what the profit percentage is, is going to be. Assuming that you make it, um, this is what's going to be distributed. And each person's percentage of that profit is known at the beginning of the year. So the, the profits get distributed in good years and in bad years. And, and sometimes they're really big and sometimes they're really small. But everybody at that point is focused on the bottom line. And everybody at that point wants to know how the company is doing every single month. So when I talked about number two, that everybody knows how their work impacts the bottom line and the customer, this is how you actually do it with number five. The way I do bonuses other than for managers is for you to take a look at the employee's length of service, how long they've been there, 
and their compensation and you multiply the two numbers together. And then you add everybody's number result together. And then that's your huge number and that's your denominator. And then the numerator is that person's length of service times their compensation and you get a percentage, which usually is, you know, at most one to two, maybe 3% if you have a lot of employees. And then let's assume the bonus for the year is, you know, 50,000 that you've calculated. I would do a number. Let, let's assume the bonus is 10,000, okay? And their percentage is 3%, so they get $300. Yeah, that's, and, and they know that, and they know that as they actually um, progress in the company, and if people leave, they get bigger bonuses. I, I'll always remember one company, where one guy had been there for like 18 years and he was killing it from a bonus perspective and everybody else's bonuses were smaller because nobody had his tenure in the company. When he left, everybody almost cheered because they knew their bonuses were going to get bigger. It was funny to me. I mean, I didn't laugh in front of them, but the reality was is they knew when this guy left that their bonuses because of their length of tenure were going to be larger because there wasn't this big person with 18 years there sucking a lot of the bonus away. And I've had contractors who've had phenomenal years where, where some of the people got tens of thousands of dollars as bonus and really raunchy years where it might have been a couple hundred dollars, but everybody really and truly understands what it takes to make money. And they let they are told every single quarter at a, you know, at least a quarter what the bonus is expected to be, assuming the profits stay where they are. So those are the five things that can help you build a really phenomenal culture. Number one, saying thank you. Number two, everybody knows how their work impacts the customer and the bottom line in a positive way. Number three, give back to the community. Number four, communicate frequently where the company is going, i.e. profitability and ask for suggestions when things are not going exactly according to plan. And number five, distribute a piece of the profits. So thank you for joining us. Choose one thing that you discovered and implement it in, this, in your business. These ideas, tactics, and strategies help you make more money, have more free time, and give back. If you like today's program, spread the word. Please review this podcast on any device you're listening to it on. Help a fellow contractor make more money too. For comments or questions, call me at 770-729-0258 or email ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. Thanks for listening. Have a great and profitable day.